in the lands of Barovia, night is beginning to fall. Behind the wall of clouds the sun begins to set, and small bits of starlight peek through. The mists begin to roll in, thick and dark, obscure as wood smoke. The inhabitants are used to this. They are used to the mists of Barovia, particularly in the town of Valaki, in a room of the Blue Water Tavern. A druid and a bard sit down to converse with one another. The bard, her name is Scarlet, has flaming red hair, and the druid, Stultus, has brown, unkempt hair. They sit. Scarlet is anxiously awaiting to hear Stultus's story, but the druid is nervous. He is collecting his thoughts, thinking of what he needs to say, until finally he says it, and he begins. Wondrous Realms Podcast Group proudly presents an interlude to the world of Esther. The Conversation, narrated by Tyler Butler, starring Sierra Rates and Greg Hall. All right, Scarlet. Um, <clears throat> here's my story. Uh, my name is Stultus Revenant, and I was born in the village of Shylor, though not quite the same one where we met. Ch time changes everything, and the home that I remember was just a small village, not the large town built after the calamity. Um, <clears throat> we were simple people who worked the fields for our food and traded with travelers for all of our goods. We were a small community, but we thrived on the land. Scarlet says nothing. She listens intently and imagines the town of Shylor and smiles. Um, <clears throat> anyways, uh, my parents worked hard to give me a good life. My, my father, Fabian, he was a, a laborer, but uh, most skilled as a carpenter. There wasn't much he couldn't do, and it was safe to assume any home in Shylor had his fingerprints on it somewhere. My my mother's name was Gwendolyn, and she worked with books. My mother Adriana also loved books. And the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Scarlet gestures to her book, Calamitous et Historum, Stoltis's History. Um, <clears throat> funny enough, she she named me after a character from one of her favorite stories. It was. It was about a man who was clever enough to trick the sun into moving closer so that he could grow food without it dying in the snow. Tetral Ruble, I know that one. Yeah. Um, anyways, she was a scribe and would collect books from travelers passing through, either heading inland toward the river or to the coast to the south. The, um, the books she collected were translated if needed and copied before returning to its original owner so that Shylor could have a copy of their own. I, I spent a lot of my early life in the library that she worked in with her, where she she taught me how to read and write, and 
I just became so enamored with stories or even just learning new things about the world. The library she built for the town wasn't massive, especially by comparison to the one in Valis' estate. But it was important to us, since, well, there wasn't much more in that little patch of land. I, I, I did get a chance to leave a few times uh, as a young boy. My, my father, he took me with him uh, to a larger town in the north to trade some resources. While we were there, I got to see a traveling group of musicians perform in the streets. It, incredible doesn't even begin to describe it. I remember listening to the high twirl of the flute, and remind, it reminded me of the birds, and how my mom would just sit and whistle to them. Almost, it was almost as if she was singing with them while she worked. Scarlet tries to define Stoltis's thoughts, and discovers the melody. Quickly, she tries to write down the notes in her notebook. Stoltis continues. Uh, there was never a need for a musician back home, so when my, you know, when we returned, my father made me a pan flute, and any of my free time was spent trying to learn how to play, uh, mimicking the birds that lived in the trees of the nearby forest edge. Scarlet reaches out and holds Stoltis's hand. With a look, she asks to look deeper into his memories. He nods, and Scarlet enters. A sensation of warmth and nostalgia takes Stoltis as the remembrance of that time so long ago materializes before him. For Scarlet, it is like stepping into a window and beholding a dream. I wasn't that great, but I got better over time. Life was good. Um, but then my father started getting sick. I was, uh, I was only eight years old when the signs started showing up, but there's no way I could have known what was really coming. He, uh, he asked me to start helping him with work, just simple things like handing him a tool or acting as an extra hand, and I, I watched how he worked and picked up on how to do some of the smaller jobs myself. Despite his sickness, he continued to work, uh, at least until he collapsed on the job. They, um, they called it the Grim. It took away your physical strength, then your energy, and then your breath. By the time a person passes, they have almost no color to their face except for the dark shadows around their eyes. My father suffered for three years, which would be considered a quick death since people have suffered for upwards of six before passing. I, um, I was 12 when I buried him. I had to take on his jobs in the guild, not only to help keep the town working, but also to keep food on the table. Mom's job was more of a passion project, uh, only accepting payment for those who wanted a copy made of an existing text in the library for themselves. And then any free time outside of my work was studying any and all medical texts in the library in some foolish attempt to find a way to get rid of the grim. Medicine actually became my obsession, and Mother helped me in any way she could. My mother, she, 
she started showing signs not too long after my father's passing. Wisdom carries magic, my mother used to say, but I, I realized there wasn't enough magic in the books available to me to save her life. Wisdom carries magic. Scarlet writes this down in cursive letters. It resonates with her. At this point, I didn't realize how bad my mom's condition was. She hid a lot from me, something I suppose parents do to protect their children. But what I did come across was information about magic surrounding the life force. It was something druids can control and manipulate. My father told stories about how he had met the druids in the Northeast Forest on one of his trading journeys. He said they typically kept to themselves, but I became desperate, so I went in search of them. Maybe they knew a next solution to the Grim, right? The journey took me two days on foot, but it could have taken me a little much longer. I guess I just got lucky and had the wind at my back that day. When I did find them, they... <laughs> They actually accepted me into the community, and I began to learn from them. I learned how to identify plants with healing properties, and that it was possible to connect to the life force of the world. I actually picked it up pretty easily. Soon I was communicating with birds and other small animals. Not quite like how I can now, or how I could. Scarlet feels the emptiness and sorrow. A single tear falls down her cheek. She can't help it. She feels responsible, and in her mind, is in fact, responsible. But, 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 uh, <laughs> it, I was able to almost feel their energies, or I guess their feelings. I'm not quite sure how to describe it, even now. Anyways, this is how I communicated with Mother while I was gone. Uh, just to keep tabs on her health. I, I asked my teacher how to direct an animal to find somebody, and she taught me, but wouldn't do it for me. An oak can only grow on its own strength, she would always say, and admittedly, it didn't work for a while, but eventually I was able to communicate that I wanted my winged friends to fly north with a message tied to its leg until they found the woman to the north who could sing to them. This um, actually worked for a while, and she would write back, but never telling me of how severe her condition was becoming. I didn't go back home until five years later, when the letters started coming back with their hands, handwriting broken and unclear, which is, as you can imagine, not common for a scribe. <clears throat> but uh, by this point, I have also been working on a cure, something I was positive would help. I asked the elders if I could leave, and they granted me permission on the terms that I returned to finish my training afterwards. I returned home as quickly as I could, but winter had fallen, and it was <laughs> the coldest winter I had personally ever experienced. The Druid said there was something unbalanced in the natural world which was causing the sun not to burn as hot as it should. Despite my new abilities, I must admit that I struggled in thy cold terrain. I imagine it was similar to how cold Undi can be throughout the year. I've never actually traveled to the continent, so I can't be sure, but... 
try as I may, I couldn't be like the man from my mother's story and trick the sun into coming closer. A two days journey turned into a week and I returned to an empty home. The neighbor said she had passed a few days earlier, but she wasn't alone in her final moments. And I couldn't save her in time. My mom was buried before I could return home, and at 17 I was completely alone. Shylor had nothing left for me. So I sold my home and all of my family's possessions to settle any debts that we had. And the only thing I had were the pan flute and this journal that my my mother had worked on while I was away. The, the neighbor said it was going to be a gift. Inside she wrote her favorite saying, wisdom is magic. Take a look, it's, it's her handwriting. Um, I promised myself I would fill it with as much magic as I could for her. Funny enough, the pan flute and the journal were also the only things I kept with me when I decided to close my story with the, the ritual that, well, you found me at the end of. Which is why I have them now. <clears throat> Anyways, I, uh, I returned to the druids. They had... They had become my family, but it wasn't like a family, you know? It, it was a community. I didn't have a mother or a father figure. The, the belief was that parental nurturing stopped at 12 years old. So I had a community. It wasn't all bad. They taught me songs to play that helped make the plants grow and the dryads dance between the trees. It became a life that I loved to live. I lived among the druids for half decade, getting more and more attuned to the world and feeling connected to all the things underneath. That also meant I could feel the grim's grip over the southern part of the continent. It wasn't as aggressive as it was before, and the symptoms were more subtle and could remain undetected for years before taking a life. My research continued, and every time I felt like I got close to a cure, the disease changed. Despite my failure in this area, I developed a knack for either having the answers to a problem or being able to find them at ease, a trait I uh, seem to lack sometimes, especially in regards to emotion obviously sorry about that <clears throat> but because of that my teacher dubbed me as stultus the clever i i would be called upon as a mediator between people both within our community and those of outsiders and sometimes for simple tasks like figuring out how to fix something or why a plant wasn't growing properly i was 24 when I realized that I met a dead end in my goals and could no longer find the information among the druids, and requested to be allowed to venture into the more heavily populated regions, with the elder's permission, of course, uh, I left the grotto and found myself traveling north along the main river of Constantinople, stopping on major port towns along the way to look through their libraries and taking part in the new foods and merriment. Uh, I paid my way with money earned, uh, or by performing favors in exchange for shelter, especially during the colder months. But I did eventually reach the north coast. I'd lost hope of finding anything that I hadn't already found before when another traveler spoke of his plan to research in the great library in the uh, in Rimic in the Dune Isles or Dunic Isles. I'm sorry, <clears throat> to the north. Um, this would be the first time I traveled by ship, and really got an idea of how big the world really is. 
I'll admit, Rimmick was overwhelming at times. People were rude and the animals weren't treated as well. <laughs> Looking back, I, I probably stuck out like a sore thumb in my garb. Um, it was a lot more green than what I wear now. Um, like, a lot more traditional tra yes traditional that's that's <clears throat> yeah so uh, while I typically stuck to the grassier areas and interacted with the animals that I had passed it was there that my story the one in your book really began uh, I saddled into a tavern for a solid night of sleep and I tried this uh, local mead and it was stronger than any of the naturally fermented drinks that we had in the grotto but I realized that too late. Next thing you know, I have Captain Shoutha towering over me. At first, hearing the name of the mighty Captain Shoutha, Scarlet is filled with excitement and joy. Only then does it dawn on her that despite having read these adventures of her, of her past, of all the conquests that she had, Shatha seems to despise Scarlet, to think of her as some sort of weak, ignorant coward, untrained in her true magical powers. It shatters her illusions about heroes. She feels conflicted. <sighs> she, um, <laughs> she was equally intimidating then as she is now. And, uh, it was in the middle of a battle over Rimmick, and I was a stowaway with no choice but to help or risk being used as ammunition from her cannons. I did what I could, but it really wasn't much besides from surviving the battle. And not everybody survived that battle. Some members of her crew fell, and that included one that she had very strong feelings for. They held a funeral, but I didn't stay. I, it was not mine to be a part of, and I, I was just a stranger to them. I didn't think I was going to see them again, so I, I took my leave. I found the resource I was looking for in the libraries of Rhinestall, and returned to Shylor. This time, a straight shot with no stopping. The medicine I developed to help with the Grim. It had been a long time since I was home, and... When I returned, I didn't recognize what I one at one time considered my home. Many of the homes had fallen under disrepair, and I didn't recognize most of the faces. Mother's library had been boarded up, and no stories were shared. Very few people were living there, and those who were walked like corpses. I tried sharing the medicine with those who would take it, but most had lost any hope and refused it. I... I'm not even sure how many I actually helped. I... I left. I left a copy of my notes and samples of the ingredients used for the medicine. I, I just don't know. I returned to the grotto to complete my training, but... Even there, something didn't feel right. It, there was a tension among the community. Even my... My teacher seemed to be eager to rush me away. She... She trained me for a few weeks, and then took me to the edge of the grotto. 
I was given a staff made of an ancient wood used to channel my energies and to help control the life forces of Esther. Um, before she sent me off, she told me of a vision and whispers from ancient spirits that I would need to return to Rimmick and to warn them of people bearing a dark mark on their hand. I had no idea that that omen would ultimately be what would become the calamity. And as far as I know, your book says the rest. We we faced the four and the threats from the Stone of Corbinet became heroes. I left to try to heal the world afterwards. Five years of healing and I grew tired. I returned to the grotto, but the trees had been burned away and the rivers had been poisoned. Shylor was gone and only a few empty structures remained, but life was finding its way back. I I expelled what residual magic I could manage in the ancient guardian ritual. And I closed my eyes knowing I could be a conduit of the life force to protect the surrounding lands. I didn't expect to see the world with my own eyes ever again. I felt time pass, I felt life, but in a weird way that I could almost say that I could see through the webs of life energy. I I saw the town of Shylor begin to rebuild. I saw the flow of energy between the new druids. I saw the ones I left behind to be destroyed by Victor's machines. But, but then I saw you. Uh, but this time with my own eyes. And, uh, I guess you know the rest of the story. They look into each other's eyes. Scarlet blushes, honored to be included in the druid's tale. Clearing her throat, she holds up her notebook. Your life. You've done some incredible things. There's no doubt you've left your mark on history, but... Your story, it's... Lonely. It wasn't always lonely. I did have people I considered friends, and it was during those times that I had cherished the most. I, I'm sorry, I've been so closed off. You, you didn't deserve that. It's like, you're afraid to get to know me, but if you let fear rule you, then you'll never actually know me. You fear to lose, but there's so much more you could gain if you would let others in. So let me in. I have spent my whole life hearing of Stoltis the Clever. In a way, you've always been with me. But it is nice to meet you officially. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm sorry. If I just... I had just spilled that all on you. I... I haven't really thought of my past all that much. Uh, unfortunately, I think that's my story. Unless, of course, you care about the boring stuff like meditation or learning the druidic language, which I'm happy to share. I... You can't just say something like that and not tell me. I will be the judge of if it's boring or not. Um, okay. Well, what do you want to know? Hmm. Oh! Teach me something in Druidic! It needs a good title. Um, 
well? Um, <sighs> uh, okay. Uh, Ruin the Gari D. Ruin the Gari D? <laughs> uh, close enough. Okay, what does it mean? Um, you know what? When you can say it back, I will tell you. Ruin the Gari D. Ruin the Gari D. Ruin the Fine. But you better keep up your end of the bargain. I always keep my promises. Don't worry. Hmm. Well, it was a nice story. It's not finished yet, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> I suppose it is. And I've got a whole new chapter to add, and this time... I'd like to think I have someone permanent to share it with. What's... What's wrong? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, I just... I just wasn't expecting... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that you, you know, you gave to... You get to be a part I, of my story I if you I mean, don't... we really haven't even had the opportunity to date, much less... I mean, do I, any... I know we just had that argument and obviously... Wait, what? much less of Yeah, we, we just had a huge fight, and maybe it's best if we take things slower. Uh, right, 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 yeah, slow. I I didn't mean to assume that you'd want to, you know. Wait, what are you talking about? What do you mean? I just want you to be here, you know, with, with me, and I don't know, to, to help me finish my story, I guess. Am I not, am I not making sense? I'm really confused. What is it that you're asking of me? What are we? I really just think that we should maybe take a step back before thinking about proposals of any nature. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> proposals, what do you mean? Oh, 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 wow, okay, I'm, I'm so sorry. Look, I'm glad we've had this conversation and everything. It's been really nice and I'm happy to get to know you. I really don't want to hurt your feelings. No, no, but... no, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. Um, look. Uh, okay, I like you a lot, like a lot, and maybe someday we could. Not, not that I'm implying like, that you'd I want to. Like, I don't even to. know what I am to you, um, let alone you, you, any of you, this. You, 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 I, you, mm, you are. I don't know. Familiarity. Uh, home. My strength. I, 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 I just meant to say that I want to try again for, for real this time. If you'll have me. Well, those are nice sentiments, but who am I to you, Stoltis the Clever? Well, you're, you're Scarlet, the the person I, I want by my side, the one I cherish, and who reminds me of a better time. Okay, yes, that's all well and good. So, am I like your coworker or a friend or my? Girlfriend? Are you asking? I'm. I'm. I'm asking if you'll accept. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm not great at this kind of stuff. Plants, animal, animals. I could tell you anything, but emotions and relationships are much harder for me to figure out. There's nothing physical to fix if it breaks. God. Okay, Scarlet, can I be your boyfriend? 
I'm I'm sorry. I I guess after everything lately, I was foolish to think that. The dialogue needs a little editing, but I think it's a lovely start to our story. Well, when we write it, we can we can make me sound more confident. It's not like anybody would know otherwise. Something scuttles in a hole in the wall. A rat, red beady eyes watching intently, has seen and heard enough. It creeps through plaster, through boards and other holes, until finally it finds its way onto the street, down a dark alley. Hello, little one. What news do you have for me? The voice comes from a man-shaped silhouette. Instinctively, the rat crawls up the figure's leg, hiding under the coat and suit of the mysterious person. Oh, oh, I see. Very interesting. We are to inform the mistress of this right away. She will listen to us and love us. And she will get us all the pretty little things our little hearts desire. The figure exits the alley. What walks out is dressed as a man and seems man-shaped, save that it walks and moves like a demented ragdoll, and it sings to itself as the full moon rises.